The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, the Lord appointed 72 others whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send the laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. In a if a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink what is offered to you for the laborer deserves his payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God is at hand. Whatever town you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the dust of your town that clings to our feet, even that we will shake off against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God is at hand. I tell you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom on that day than for that town. The 72 returned rejoicing and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us because of your name. Jesus said, I have observed Satan fall like lightning from the sky. Behold, I have given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and upon and upon the full force of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice because the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. First of all, good morning. Many of you know I'm Father Mike's brother. And uh, I had the 7.30 Mass, and my brother was here, and right before Mass, someone out there at the entrance, they said, he doesn't say nice things about you. <laughs> and she did it in a joking way. I know he does say nice things, but also stories of our, our youth. And, and I said to her, don't worry, I'll get him back in the homily. <laughs> so uh, a couple days ago, my brother asked me, Jason, what are you going to preach about on Sunday? And I said, well, I think I'm going to speak about the letter to the Galatians. It's our second reading. And I kind of put him on the spot. And I said, Michael, if I were, Mike, if I were to ask you right now what the letter to the Galatians is about, what would you say? And he had a blank stare on his face. And he said, well, I could go upstairs and get my theology notes and, and then tell you. But I was reflecting on that. Um, sometimes, you know, we know a lot of things about the world. Like if I were to ask you, this weekend, if you're going to go see Thor, you know, who plays Thor? Well, Chris Hemsworth. Or maybe some of you are more interested in British royalty, and I ask you, you know, who's the husband or who's the wife of Prince William? And if you know Kate Middleton, or um, many, many different things of like history and capitals of different states. But imagine not knowing the letters that God has sent us through Paul. Like, I know, hypothetically, you get to heaven, and God's like, hey, did you read those letters that I sent to you? Like, mm, 
which ones again, you know, <laughs> you know. And so I wanted to speak about the letter to the Galatians also kind of as an invitation to know Scripture more. There are many opportunities here at St. Gabriel to do that. But we really have to understand these are things that God wants to tell us. And in those letters of St. Paul, it tells us how to be a Christian and how to think about our lives. Now, one of the reasons why we probably don't know a lot about the letters of St. Paul is that in our liturgy, the second reading every week usually has nothing to do with the gospel or the first reading. So if you recall the first reading in the gospel, it talks about God gathering in all nations. And so God in Isaiah wants to comfort all the nations of the earth. And so that's why he chooses 72 disciples and sends them out. The number 70 represented the nations of the world. And so sending out disciples, 70 disciples, is like gathering in all the nations into the kingdom of God. But if you remember, Galatians had nothing to do with that. And the reason why is that over the course of three years, the church wants us to listen to each of the letters of Paul. There's 13 of them. And we kind of read them sequentially. So last week we read as well too from the letter to the Galatians. And this week we're actually finishing it. So I said, okay, well, what is the main message of the letter to the Galatians? What is it about? And what does it tell us about our Christian life? Well, it's probably Paul's most polemical letter. In fact, at one time he writes, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has deceived you? And really, St. Paul is really concerned because there are people who are attacking what he's been preaching. What Paul has been preaching is, we're not saved by following the old law. And so the law of circumcision and all those 613 laws, they really don't save us. We're saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes I, I, when I talk about this, I remember, I didn't say this at the 7.30, but... Um, at this Mass, I will. Um, there's a line in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus declares all foods clean. So if you're familiar with the dietary laws of the Jewish faith, you can't mix, for example, milk and meat. So they have dairy restaurants and they have meat-based restaurants. And you can't have pork or you can't have shrimp. So I was like, the next time that you have a junior bacon cheeseburger, just say, thank you, Jesus. You know, like, we've been freed from those restrictions. And there's actually one family, our hometown, every year my Christmas gift is a gift card to Burger King. So, you know, it did pay off. So Jesus has freed us from a lot of those restrictions. And Paul is telling us, in light of that, we're not saved by the old law. We're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Now, there are those that say, no. That you have to not only believe in Jesus, but you have to follow the old law. And so St. Paul is saying, no, don't be fooled by that. Don't be deceived by that. And what Paul says today is, we are made a new creation in Christ, and we are made a new creation in the letter through our baptism. Now, one of the main themes of the letter is not only that we're made a new creation in Christ, but Jesus has set us free. Because on the one hand, if I say you don't have to follow the old law, and you don't, you know, this weekend, you know, have your junior bacon cheeseburger, you don't have to follow the old law, it's like, well, am I free then to do whatever I want? And so one of the things that St. Paul talks about is what is true freedom? I remember there was somebody I spoke to, oh, it would have been like 2006, so like 15 years ago. 
and we were having a kind of a heated discussion. I was studying philosophy, and this person wanted to be a philosopher, and they were trying to get me to define freedom as the ability to do whatever you want. And I was like, I think that's wrong. I, I, I didn't know how to respond. And then years later, I found out that there's really two different views of freedom. There are those who say that freedom is that ability to do whatever you want. You can do good, you can do evil. But that's not authentic freedom. That's not true freedom. True freedom is the ability to do what is good, to do what is beautiful, to do what is just. Another thing that we can talk about is, for example, like an example of this. Let's say your mom or your dad you know, tells you as a kid, the stove is hot. Don't touch it. Are they restricting your freedom? And you're like, well, you know what? I want to touch that stove. I'm going to touch that. Don't, you don't tell me what to do. And you touch the stove and you get burnt. And it hurts. And you cry. And you have a blister on your hand. The reason why your parent told you not to touch the stove was not because they're a despot, not because they're a tyrant, not because they don't love you, not because they want to restrict your freedom, but rather laws are given to direct our freedom to what is good and true and beautiful and just. And so the more we do what is good, the more we actually grow in our freedom. Now those are really two different views of freedom. Is freedom the ability to do whatever I want, even harm myself through doing what is bad? Or is freedom the ability to do what is good, to grow in love, to take a step closer to heaven? And that's the newness that Jesus brings. Yes, have your junior bacon cheeseburger, but also serve those around you. Serve with love. Be a good person. Jesus in the gospel, he says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so Jesus is promoting that authentic freedom. So when we look at our life and you think, oh, I can't believe somebody's telling me what I can do or not do, ask yourself if this brings you closer to the ultimate goal of love, to be with God for all eternity, to be with your loved ones, to serve your neighbor. And so that authentic vision of freedom that St. Paul talks about in the letter to the Galatians, it's that ability to do what is good, true, beautiful, and just.